What it do? Welcome to another new episode of Locked on Bucks. On today's show, the Milwaukee Bucks defeat the Houston Rockets 128 to 119. This victory was the Bucks' 13th straight win at home in Pfizer Forum, improved them to 14 and 1 at home on the season, and it snapped the Rockets' five game winning streak. It was a big night for the Bucks' big three. They scored two thirds of the Bucks' points tonight. Giannis etched his name into franchise history again. And Andre Jackson Jr. shined during some big minutes. Is he making the case for a bigger role in the rotation? All that and more coming up on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. You are Locked on Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Camille Davis. You can catch me weekly on the Technical File Podcast, as well as Cheesehead TV's Carry the G and MKE. Joining me is longtime voice of the pod, founder of BrewHoop.com, Frank Madden. We appreciate you for tuning in, and thank you, thank you, thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, as well as on YouTube. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, Frank. So today's game, the Rockets never really went away in this game. In the fourth quarter, they even were able to cut that lead down to about three points. But we had a big fourth quarter from Chris Middleton. He dropped 14 of his 20 points in the fourth. We had a big game from Dame, 39 points, 11 assists. That 39 points actually ties his season high with the team. And Giannis, as I mentioned, etching his name in the Bucks history books again. The man had 26 points and 17 rebounds. That seven or that 14th rebound that he got of the night moved him past Kareem uh, for number one in rebounding in franchise history. It's just, it's amazing seeing all three of these guys cook at the same time. Like I mentioned, the three accounted for. 66% of the Bucks points tonight, about 85 of those this evening. And this is the second game this season where all three guys had at least 20 points. The last time we saw that, ironically enough, was the Pacers game in that in-season tournament loss in Vegas when uh, Giannis had 37, Dame had 24, and Chris Middleton had 20. Um, yeah, and I, it was a little weird, right? Because Chris, I thought, did not look particularly good for about three quarters. And until the fourth, even, even when he was making shots in the fourth quarter, like it, he was oftentimes matched up with Dylan Brooks and it just felt like Dylan Brooks's physicality was just like, not something that Chris was entirely ready for or able to kind of handle as, as well as you would want. And, you know, again, that that's like, again, a bit of a sneak peek for the playoffs, right? Guys playing with physicality, um, and I think the the positive spin, obviously, is that he fought through it. And, you know, he was the only guy scoring to start that fourth quarter. The Bucks were mm -hmm. bleeding points. They had, had built up to about a 14-point 14, 14 lead in the third quarter. And then, um, you know, again, needed Chris to kind of resuscitate them a little bit early in the fourth. And, you know, the interesting thing was, you know, Giannis um, had his streak of 30-point games snapped on Saturday against the Pistons in no small part because he didn't play the fourth quarter and they didn't really need him. Um, but in this game, you had 17 points in the first half uh, finishes with 26, but this is, I think this is the first time he's been under 50% shooting since that Celtics game on November 22nd, only five out of 11 for the free throw line. 
he did hit a three, which I didn't want him to shoot that three. But um, six turnovers. I think this is his first, the first game in quite a while that he didn't have either a single block or steal. And so it just something, it just something seemed off with him tonight. And I think obviously the Rockets have a lot of defenders that they can throw at him, whether it's Dylan Brooks, Jay Sean Tate, Jabari Smith. I thought also last year we saw in the second game between these two teams, they really frustrated Giannis um, with Jabari Smith being kind of the primary defender of a lot of that time. So, um, so yeah, Giannis just kind of seemed like not quite, you know, where he's been certainly over the past few weeks, he's been just incredible for, for quite a while, really since that Celtics game. Um, but you know, again, with Giannis, it's like a quote unquote bad night is 26 and 17. Right. So right. like the baseline is just, just super high. And, and then, as you said, like Dame's just, you know, he just filled it up, right. 15 points in the first quarter. And really like that, that blitz he had to the end of that, the end of the fourth, first quarter, uh, that kind of put the bucks ahead and basically was give, gave them the the runway to kind of play from the front the entire game. And so, um, you know, again, they, they were denied the double digit win by that Fred Van Vliet three right at the end. So would have liked that one for the point differential. Uh, but an interesting, you know, interesting to look at the score. You look at the kind of stats at the end of the game because the Rockets came in with the 25th ranked offense and the second ranked defense. It didn't matter to the Bucks on both <laughs> on both ends. Um, you know, the Bucks put up what, like 126 offensive rating, something like that. So, um, you know, for all of the pressure that the that the Rockets can put on you kind of with ball pressure with the guards, whether it's Brooks and Van Vliet in particular, right? Like there were stretches where Dame wasn't even bringing the ball up because they just didn't want to have him have to deal with Dylan Brooks mm-hmm. or Van Vliet pressuring him up the floor. But at the end of the day, you know, you still put up an absolute ton of points. And, you know, again, 128 on an efficient night uh, scoring for the team against the the second ranked defense in the league. So the offense, once again, just sort of carrying the bucks to where they needed to get to, um, you know, 13 of 36 from three, 36%, nothing to really to write home up there. 15 turnovers felt like they were a bit sloppy there, but really to me, I mean, the, the unique game the aspect of this was really the second chance points, um, you know, 16 offensive rebounds. I think they were up close to 40% offensive rebound rate, which, and, and a 20% offensive rebound rate allowed. So, you know, we've complained a lot about the Bucks defensive rebounding and how they haven't been able to get as much offensive rebounding as you would like considering, mm-hmm you know, some of the transition they've given up and some of those concerns that they've had. So tonight you end up doing the job on the offense, on the defensive glass, you get a bunch of second chance points. I think at one point it was like 20 to two in terms of second chance points. Um, and, you know, ultimately that was kind of the difference in in this game um, where both teams scored effectively. Uh, but it was, you know, Dame and basically Giannis had six offensive rebounds. Andre Jackson Jr. had four offensive rebounds. Bobby had four offensive rebounds. Um, you know, those were the kind of the key guys that, that were giving the Bucks those those second chances, those reloads. And um, yeah, I mean, just was nice to kind of get away from this game, get get out of this game. Chris yeah. had some big shots in the fourth quarter and um, could have been more dramatic probably down the stretch. But the Bucks kind of were able to stiff arm the Rockets well enough. And, um, you know, it's a that's a good win. Right. I and mean, they'd won five games in a row. They shot 41% from three. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, again, I don't think you can complain, can complain much uh, getting a near double-digit win against the Houston Rockets. Yes, of course, you'd love for the defense to have held up better. But, you know, at this point, I feel like we we say that every game, Camille. So right. um, as long as they win games against good teams, I think, again, like for where they are right now, 
probably feel pretty good about it. And I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about Andre Jackson Jr. Absolutely. Starting again in, in Malik Beasley's place and kind of what that might mean, especially as we think about their kind of defensive ceiling and where that needs to get to by the playoffs. Absolutely. And to your point about Dame just heating up, we've had conversations on this podcast throughout the season so far about Dame having historically slower starts to the season. We talked about why that might be even more this particular season, given the fact that he had to deal with the trade request and not being able to go in the gym and get some 5v5 game action in. So looking at Dame's stats so far in October, which is only a three-game sample size, so it's very small, 23.3 23.3 points, 4.3 assists, 5.7 rebounds a game. He shot 39% from the field and 29.6% from three. The month of October, or November, you see that heating up more. 14 game sample size, average 26, 7.4, and four rebounds a game. He shot 42% from the field, 34% from three. And so far in the month of December, we've had seven games so far. Uh, he's averaging 26.3 points getting about 7.7 assists per game and 4.7 rebounds. But here's the thing. He's shooting now 46% from the field and 44% from three. This is Dame's second uh, back-to-back 30-point game that he had. And again, the Bucs were on the second night of a back-to-back in this game, which makes it even a little bit more impressive with these old legs being able to carry some weight. And we mentioned the fact that Giannis has another franchise record. He is now the Bucks franchise leader in rebounds, and now he's the Bucks franchise leader in points, rebounds, assists, triple doubles, games played amongst others. And one of my favorite things I saw after the game, Chris Middleton was asked, did he ever think that Giannis would hold all of these different franchise records? And Chris' response was, quote, hell no, nah, hell no. Nah. Now he's got everything except for that three ball. And you know Giannis was in the background, and he had to add in his two cents, and he mentioned the fact like, hey, it might take me 20 years, but I'm going to get that three-point record. So you love to see the banner between those two. You love seeing uh, what the big three was able to do. Even with some uneven performances throughout the game, they all showed up in big moments. And you mentioned Andre Jackson Jr., and that's definitely somebody I want to dig into a little bit deeper. We've had conversations about what the optimal starting lineup might look like, for this Milwaukee Bucks team, and with Malik Beasley out tonight, we got our very first look at a Dame, Ajax, K-Mid, Giannis, and Brooke starting five. So I want to talk a little bit about how that looked, as well as is Andre starting to make a case for a bigger role in the rotation. So we're going to take a look at that coming up next. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. And honestly, it's my favorite way to play. Like when I'm thinking daily fantasy sports, I'm thinking prize picks in large part because of how easy and exciting it is. What I love the most is that I don't have to worry about what other players are doing. I'm not thinking about what professionals got going on, what the Sharks got going on, because it's really just me against the numbers. So with prize picks, what you do is that you pick more than or less than on two to six different player stat projections, and then you just watch those winnings roll right on in. And I've mentioned it before, but I'm about my winnings. So the ease in which I can move my money around is another reason why I love prize picks. Prize picks has quick withdrawals, and you can use Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits. You mix all that in with the easy gameplay and an enormous selection of players, It's just super easy to see why PrizePix is the number one daily fantasy sports app. 
So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, head to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Time is valuable. We appreciate you for spending it with Locked On Bucks. A special shout out to everybody who tunes in on a daily basis. Those everydayers who come in Monday through Friday. We super, super appreciate what y'all do. And if you enjoy what we do here on Locked On Bucks, I got to put you up on something else that you might enjoy because Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you with 24-7 coverage of the top sports stories of the day. Is brought to you by all the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows that cover every single league. So go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, Frank, we talked about Andre Jackson Jr. A little bit teased him in that first segment there. And as I mentioned, tonight we saw a lineup for the very first time. This is the first time we saw the starting lineup with Andre Jackson as like the starting two guard here. This is his fifth start so far this season. His first start came where he subbed in for Giannis against Toronto. His second one came when he subbed in for Chris Middleton against Dallas. His third one came when he subbed in again for Chris Middleton against Portland. We saw that fourth start this weekend as well against Detroit, where him and Marjan stepped in for Bees and Chris Middleton. And tonight, season high, 36 minutes. What did you think of seeing Andre Jackson in the starting lineup with the rest of these guys here? Kind of in that Malik Beasley role. Yeah, I mean, the the minute total kind of blew me away. Like, I had to do a double take um, at the 36 minutes. I mean, we we joked about how, you know, his fouling kind of limits him from playing big minutes. Of course, he fouled out tonight, you know, befitting of uh, of what he's, he's done so far this year. Um, and it's interesting, you know, I mean – I've talked a lot about, you know, this year, how, like, I want to see more of him on paper. He makes sense as a fifth starter because mm-hmm. the Bucks have so much firepower offensively with the other four guys. There aren't really many shots available anyway, and they badly, badly need somebody at the one through three spots that can kind of take the toughest uh, defensive assignment can be a point of attack guy and just bring some energy because between Dame Malik and, and now Chris as well, you know, you just don't have a guy that you feel comfortable saying like, okay, you know, guard the, guard the ball, stop the ball, be that, you know, annoying guy that, that pressures and creates havoc and, you know, gets deflections and do that stuff. So, um, you know, on paper, I think what we've seen from him is, you know, it kind of makes sense in theory like that, that he can be that guy. You know, I was looking at like the numbers, like the lineup data. I mean, he's like the worst guy on the team in terms of like on off rating, like, the offense coming tonight, the offense was 12 points per 100 worse with him on the floor. The defense was five or six points per 100 worse, like, which doesn't make any sense, right? Like, why would the defense, you know, be worse with him on the floor versus like Malik Beasley? Malik Beasley, give him credit. Like, mm-hmm. the lineup data with Malik has been awesome now. He was, it was really bad, like, the first week or so of the season, and it's kind of completely turned around. The starting group has, has been really good, right? And that, that group usually closes games too, in spite of the lack of, you know, a defensive stopper it's worked. They've, they've been really effective. Um, so on the one hand, it's kind of hard to say like, well, you know, it's, it's all like working, but we're now just going to bench Malik, you know, because 
in theory, it just doesn't feel like it, it should work in the playoffs or, you know, it feels like we need a more of a, at least one guy who kind of brings more of that defensive edge. Um, and, you know, normally I'm, I'm somebody obviously is, as you know, Camille, like I look to find like, where does my eye test match what the numbers are telling me, right? Like, how do I kind of like test what I'm seeing with, with data to kind of give confidence that, yeah, that's, that's actually what's, you know, the results are, are showing on the floor. Mm-hmm. And right now, you know, it's, it's not so much. Um, but I think, especially with Andre being a rookie, I think, you know, kind of the existential question is, you know, do you really think that you can win four rounds in the playoffs with, you know, the, the kind of default starting group? I don't, I don't think that Dame Beasley, Chris, and then Giannis and, and Brooke, uh, defending the rim. Like, I, I just don't think you have enough wing defense in that group to start and close games with them. Um, so I think you have to be thinking about what your other options are and, you know, your other options are either start, you know, Andre Marjan or Pat Connaughton at the two guard in place of Malik. Doesn't mean Malik isn't going to play a lot, right? You right. just put him in spots where he's going to be coming off the bench and being that microwave guy off the bench and still, still presume playing a lot. But, you know, like we were kind of joking about Malik playing like, you know, 36 to 40 minutes a night when they were dealing with all that, that all the injuries with Pat and Jay being out and all that. And it's just like, okay, that also like, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So, um, so I think it's sort of a bit of a question for the bucks. It's like, you know, do they proactively try to make a change, look at some different options now because they know that they need to do something else come playoff time, or do they kind of just like keep rolling with this and say, you know what, we'll, we'll figure it out later. Right. I mean, a couple of years ago, we saw Bud start Grayson Allen basically the whole year. And then in the last couple of weeks of the season, say, okay, we're getting close to the playoffs. Wes, you're in. You're going to be my guy off the bench um, because I know I'm going to need you defensively for us to be at our best. And Grayson can come off the bench and, you know, kind of went out the window then pretty quickly because Chris gets hurt in that first round series against Chicago. And um, they ended up needing Grayson and, and Wes to, to start together a lot. And, um, eventually we saw then Bobby moving in the starting lineup as well. But, um, but yeah, it's just, uh, it's kind of an interesting to me, this is like the biggest question about the bucks, right? Like what are they doing with the fifth starter spot? How do they bring more wing defense into the rotation? And we'll see. I mean, I think especially against like, you know, like tonight we saw Andre defending Fred Van Vliet a lot and it felt like, I don't know what you, how, how you saw it, Camille, but felt like, especially when there was a high, like a really high screen and roll, felt like Andre would kind of like, like almost walk up to the screen and just like, like get up against the guy. And then just yeah. like Fred Van Vliet was able to, get, you know, get a run up. And it's just sort of like, Andre, like, you know, feeling like you're kind of setting the screen for the guy by just make, you know, kind of like burrowing into him preemptively. So don't know if I loved like the technique there, like maybe try to be a bit more evasive trying to get around the screen. Um, and that's obviously one of the kind of perpetual problems when you try to put bigger guys um, on small guys is it's just harder to, to navigate screens, especially really far from the hoop. So we'll see. Um, I mean, this is a problem. All the Bucks guards have yep. big, small, um, fast, slow. They all suck at getting over screens. So you know, we'll kind of see what happens. I mean, normally they just switch a lot of those actions anyway because it's like, all right, Malik and Dame, who cares? Just switch it. Um, rather than kind of trying really hard to go over, you know, especially like the small, small screens. Um, but when it's obviously Brooke in the action, then, you know, whoever it is is going to have to go over the screen because you're not generally switching Brooke onto a small guy. So, um, so yeah, we'll kind of see how, how it evolves. I mean, again, I, 
I've kind of was kind of joking with with some people offline just about how you know I was really curious if if Malik missed a couple. Like I was really curious, is like you know if Malik sits out a couple of games for whatever reason. Like obviously I don't want him to get hurt, but you right. know now he's has the illness. He sits out a couple of games. I think it's been an instructive at least opportunity to see kind of what this group looks like because kind of as you were alluding to, I mean I was just trying to see have has Andre played with Chris Giannis and Dame at all this season? Not until tonight. Mm-hmm. There were there was no lineup data on those four together uh obviously we saw him he's played without chris and with uh dame and Giannis. those numbers aren't good um but it's small sample stuff and so we'll see i think this to me is kind of like a proof of concept watching him do some of this stuff tonight and again i'm guessing malik goes back in the starting five when he's when he's healthy hopefully um on tuesday obviously hopefully he starts to feel better but uh hopefully We'll continue to see them at least experiment with Andre and see kind of what he can bring to the mix because, uh, again, they're going to need somebody to me. And um, it does seem like Andre is the guy that probably has the most confidence from from Adrian Griffin. And, hey, he actually scored some points this weekend too, yeah. uh, which was a pleasant surprise. And he's actually, you know, I, he's turned down so many layups, which I don't love. Uh, he, you know, he basically like, I think until, I think he, I think it's, he had his first layup that wasn't a dunk. Uh, on Saturday night, he was like eight for eight in the restricted area all year, all dunks. Um, and if it wasn't a dunk, he just passed it. Uh, so he made a layup, I think, on Saturday night. And I think he was in double figures, right? So, um, you know, he was a guy that barely got into double figures in college uh, and was really inefficient. And so for him so far to, uh, you know, and again, I, I hesitate to say that the three-point shooting is, is sustainable, but um <laughs> You know, he's he's made three. He's eight out of 17 coming into this game. I guess nine out of 20 now. One th- one, I think he was one for three tonight. So, hey, nine out of 20 from three, 45%. Um, not going to bet on that sustaining, but um, it's good for him that he see the ball go through the hole. And he was a really inefficient guy in college, but came into this game at 72% true shooting. So, um, obviously, extremely low volume. Um, his usage rate is, you know, at Snellian levels, uh, 10%. But uh, again, if he's playing good defense and can at least punish the defense a little bit, I don't think anybody's going to like really guard him hard, but, um, but at least punish the defense uh, when they do leave him open. Um, it's just positive steps for him. And uh, hopefully he continues to just, you know, in his first year here, obviously hope that he can uh, kind of get up that learning curve as quickly as possible. Couldn't agree more. And the three point percentage was the part when I realized that he was shooting over 40% from three. I was like, wait, what is he really? Like I saw that it was a small sample size. So I was like, you take that with a grain of salt, but that's the area of his game that coming into the league, it was like, this is underdeveloped. He's not a good shooter. The jumper is ugly. I have to say it's one of the ugliest jumpers uh, I've seen <laughs> in a while, but he's cashing it right now. So it's interesting to see how that will continue on throughout the season. He has mentioned that it's something that he is working on because he knows um, that's something on his scouting report that people say, hey, you can't do this well. And he's like, I kind of li- I like that, you know, that being challenged of saying I can't do something. It gives me extra motivation to try and actually accomplish it. So Definitely going to keep an eye on how that continues to progress throughout the season. Again, a small sample size, but the returns from the small sample size um, have been surprising to me. You mentioned the fouling. That's definitely an issue and something that you normally do see with a lot of younger players as they're learning to adjust to the NBA. But it's like whenever he's in the game, he just makes hustle plays 
offensive rebounds. If he doesn't get the offensive rebound, he's doing things just to retain possession for the Bucks. Like you mentioned, he does these little things that flash for you. And you're just like, I want to see more of this. With Bees coming back, I'm not exactly sure what that minute rotation will look like. We saw tonight with Chris Middleton coming back that Marjan minutes dropped back to what they have been, which is between, you know, up to 15 minutes or so a game. He played 13 tonight. So with Bees coming back, I hope we can find a way to still get Andre like 10, 12 minutes a night uh, just to continue developing him and seeing what he might have come playoff time. And playtime is the best way that you're able to find all that stuff out. So I hope he gets an opportunity to do that. Uh, and there is still a whole lot more that we can discuss from this game, honestly, from the weekend at large, because it was a back to back for the Bucks this weekend with Detroit and Houston coming. Camille, in. Camille, one quick, quick question for you, Marjan and Andre. The, the interesting thing to me is like how often we've seen them play together. I love them together. Is is fun, but also sometimes I'm just sort of like maybe there's a little bit too much youthful indiscretion there together. Um, if if. If I told you, you can pick one of these guys to have a major role the rest of the season, but you can only pick one. I think I know who you're going to pick, but what's your what's your answer? You're putting me in a tough spot here as somebody who bought early real estate on Marjan Island. So let me actually think about that for a second and come back to that right after we talk about FanDuel. I've mentioned it before. People have these preconceived notions of the NBA season not starting until Christmas. I'm going to scream it from the rooftops that the NFL season itself doesn't start until Thanksgiving. And if you're in Wisconsin, I know the Packers have a bad taste in your mouth, but every game is still matters for the Packers. They still have some type of control over their future here and the games keep heating up. So do the offers on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, trust me when I tell you there is no better time to do that than now. The app is super easy to use. You have a wide range of different betting options for yourself like player props, spreads, over-unders, and more than that. So make sure that you visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get in on the action. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, Frank, you you put me on the spot here with having to choose between Marjan and Andre Jackson Jr. And honestly, we have seen, in my opinion, more flashes from Andre's game than what we've seen from Marjan. Marjan feels like he's been just a little bit more sturdy. Uh, Like you know exactly what you're going to get from Marjan more times than not. He had a really good game against Detroit, I thought. But Andre just seems to just flash a little bit differently than Marjan does. He seems to have more of an impact like on offensive rebounding, just athleticism. And it's something about his game that is just it's really interesting and fascinating for me to just continue to watch and develop because we haven't seen somebody uh, who is as gifted as he is this young when it comes to like his passing ability, uh, rebounding, probably since like. A Dante, maybe. So, like, it's one of those things where you're just like, I just want to see a little bit more of Andre. I've seen Marjan last year. We've seen a little bit of him this year in the spot minutes, but it's something about Andre Jackson Jr. And I think what I lean on more is just he seems like he's a little bit better defensively as well over Marjan. uh, And that's what gives me a little edge over him in addition to the flashes that we've seen. But I'm curious of those two, who do you land on? 
Yeah, I think I think it's Andre as well. Um, you know, I, I I wasn't sure, especially over the summer, just the fact that he just does not score at all. Um, I was curious, yeah. sort of just like what that would mean for for the you know just playing at this level, especially with if he's got to share the floor with Giannis. Um, and, and again, I mean, like like I said, so far I'm I'm going to come out sort of pro Andre, even though the metrics other than kind of just some of the individual shooting stats that he has, which again, is not really why you'd play him. Right. Cause he's right. like, Oh, it's cause he's a 45% three point shooter. I was like, well, okay. That, that's, you know, that's like a nice little, you know, Hey, the, the, the shots have gone in type thing, but you're not banking on that moving forward. Um, I think for the similar reasons that, that you mentioned, I just think the, the feel on offense, even though he is less of a scorer than, than Marjan, you know, doesn't have, I think the kind of in between game ability to kind of occasionally get to the rim and finish. Right. By the margin on nice, nice finish driving and dunking on Saturday night. Um, I think he finished with 11 points, had a pretty quick, um, pretty quick start in that first mm-hmm. quarter for, for Marjan. Um, but yeah, I think just, I, I don't know, just something about Marjan. I, I just don't see necessarily like he's a bit more of a normal, like he's, he's not like, like Ajax is just such a strange player in, in so mm-hmm. many ways um, that I, I, I almost like am more interested in sort of seeing like how that all translates um, I agree. I think defensively he's, he's clearly better. Or he's like tools here. I think he plays with, with more functional athleticism than Marjan does. I don't think Marjan really plays with, with force very much. Um, and you know, like when he drives, even though he has you know a better ability to get to the basket than Andre, um, it just feels like Marjan just kind of loses the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. And certainly the passing wise, you know, Andre's, I think just a much more fluid passer, just higher kind of IQ type type player, I think. So um, so yeah, I think I would say Andre as well. Um, but again, uh, you know, they, they're interesting because they're similar in, in some regards, um, in terms of kind of like size and profile, but then in other regards, you know, in terms of their strengths, like there are some, I'd say some, some clear contrast between them, right? Like if you wanted, you know, we're counting on one guy to, to knock a shot down to, to save your life. Mm-hmm. I think <laughs> you'd go marge on no matter what Andre's three point percentage might ever be. Uh, but we'll see. And, and I mean, that's kind of the unfortunate reality is that like, I mean, these guys are kind of competing with one another for minutes to an extent. We saw this, you know, from really the first preseason games uh, really up until now, uh, you know, Marjan had been the guy who had been sort of the steadier minutes guy, um, you know, opening night Marjan played Andre didn't Andre had been kind of like the, the next pecking order guy but he's had these sort of spot starts because of, I think the unique skill set that he has. And yeah, it's going to be interesting to see moving forward. Does Andre, you know, leapfrog Marjan in that rotation to the point where Marjan, you know, isn't playing every night potentially. Um, Again, as long as Jay Crowder's out, I think there's kind of room for both guys to get some run. Uh, But uh, it's an important time for them, right? I mean, when Jay comes back, I mean, this is their opportunity for both of them to kind of show that, that they deserve to, to get real run and, you know, put Adrian Griffin in a spot where he's got to keep playing them. Right. Um, and figure, figure that out. So um, pretty, pretty important time. We saw a year ago, you know, Marjan um, played more last November under Bud than he did this November under Adrian Griffin, which I think we talked about maybe a couple of weeks ago, which that number surprised me. Um, and, you know, but then he kind of just wasn't consistent and lost his spot in the rotation and just kind of like, yeah, the kind of season sort of slipped away from him at that point. Uh, so I think obviously the question for, for both guys now is, you know, can they avoid kind of falling into a similar situation here? 
um, this this year. And uh, again, the the Bucks need someone like them. Um, I think in that wing rotation. So uh, we'll keep talking about it. I don't think Malik Beasley is suddenly going to become a wing stopper, um, no matter what the Bucks might kind of wish he could be. Uh, so yeah, again, just sort of stay tuned and keep watching and hopefully those guys continue to get some opportunities. And more importantly, hopefully they kind of make Adrian Griffin have to play them. And uh, again, probably the most intriguing question is just, you know, depending on what those guys do, what does that mean for what John Horst looks to do at the trade deadline? And, you know, on the one hand, in some ideal scenario, like, you know, one of them plays so well, like Andre plays so well that it's like, hey, we're just going to play this dude and we don't need to, we don't feel like we need to go spend, you know, the the Portland second round pick this coming from this coming draft. That's like around the number 35 pick right now. Um, and obviously you got Bobby, Pat you, as, as kind of contracts, right? Um, you know, I'm sure John Horace would love it if he felt like he didn't have to move any of those things right. in order to get an upgrade on the wing and he could just play the dudes that he has now. Um, but the flip side as well is, you know, if you don't see the trajectory from Marjan and you like what you have from Andre, maybe you look to move Marjan, you know, in a kind of upgrade your wing rotation type type move as well. So again, I think the Bucks, people talk about the Bucks like not having any assets, whatever. Like, look, they don't have the assets to make some another Dame Lillard trade or something right. like that. But um, can they add kind of a depth piece uh, at the deadline? Like, yeah, I mean, again, between especially if you're willing to put Marjan on the table, who knows? Maybe for the right guy, would you put Andre on the table, right? I mean, that's an option, right? Um, would would people not give up Andre Jackson if you had a deal that could maybe swing you for, you know, making it up? Alex Caruso? It's a tough one. I mean, I'd. Sorry, sorry, Ajax. I think, <laughs> I think I'm going to go with the all deep the, the the guy who actually is an all defensive guy now, because um, my window is is right now. But uh, but anyway, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting to see just kind of where the the trade rumors go for the Bucks because um, again, they I think they will have some optionality at the deadline, and the question is just you know how much do they trust the guys they have now, and um, what are the what are their assets worth on the market if they do want to make a move. And knowing John Horst, I'm sure he already has an idea of what, you know, some of the value is for both of those guys, as well as some other members on this Bucks roster. But it was a big weekend for the Mar Jacks, you know, the combo here. You mentioned the fact that they are in competition with one another and they enjoy playing with each other. They enjoy hyping each other up. They mentioned they enjoy being on the court together because they can see another young dude next to him. Like, hey, it's not just me trying to figure all this out. I have him out here as well. So I love the way that they're able to complement each other in certain ways, but also push each other. And competition is good for the team. And like you mentioned, I hope that they put Adrian Griffin in a situation where he has to figure out a way to continue to give minutes because they have carved out a role. At least one of them can, because the Bucks need some young wing defenders who can step up. And if one of them could pop, that'd be really big for this team, given their salary cap situation um, and having some young guys that can provide and play valuable minutes would be super valuable for this team. So that'll actually do it for us here today. Let us know in the comments here how you feel about Andre Jackson Jr. What do you think the ideal starting five is is for this Bucks team? I really am curious to know what some of y'all think as well. So let us know in the YouTube comments your ideal starting five for the Bucks. Also, make sure that you go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Locked On Sports today comes through with that 24 coverage of all the top sports stories of the day with all the local experts of Locked On. So make sure... 
Y'all go and check that out after we close here. For Frank and myself, we're going to catch you later.